0: An Empire Boxing and Unlearning Network production. Welcome back to the Empire Boxing Podcast. I am your host, Coach Jay, and we are here with a very special guest. This is Jordan Doby, and she is making her pro debut on the November twelfth card, the Takeover. Jordan is a former Muay Thai world champion, and she is. Yeah. Uh, we are just really excited to have her between. Um, the ropes in our event, and, you know, I've, I was doing a little digging on you, Jordan, before the, before the podcast oh, today, just kind of oh seeing, God. you know, some of your old Muay Thai fights I was watching, yeah, and uh, oh, no. super, super talented, like, I can't say yeah. enough about, yeah, it's true, I can't say enough about this girl, she's going to drop jaws, uh, so just, you know, we're really excited to have her on the show, welcome, Jordan. Thank you, I appreciate you having me on here. And she's humble. She's- <laughs> yeah. Of course, yeah, yeah. absolutely. Um, <laughs> she's she's humble and she feels like it's a job interview, so we're gonna get her nice and loose. <laughs> well, Jordan, I'm gonna I'm I've got a rum and coke on this side right now. Okay, so okay. Well, I got coffee, cheers to so cheers. I also found out that Jordan's drinking coffee, and it's yeah, S- yeah seven it's PM. seven p m. You're in, uh, Jordan. Are you in Calgary? Edmonton. Wow.
1: And you're in Calgary, correct? Uh, No, Edmonton. Edmonton. Oh,
0: I'm sorry. Yeah, that's okay. Uh,
1: Same time as Calgary, though. Yeah, 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 that
0: sucks for you. Yeah. No, I (laughs) like it here. Uh, I grew up in Calgary, actually. Oh, did you really? Oh, nice. Oh, she loves it. it, Yeah, so it's part of my duty as a Calgarian to, like, take the piss out of Edmontonians. As it is your duty to take the piss out of Calgarians. I don't know. I'm not part of any rivalry.
1: I right. I like Calgary just as much as Edmonton. Kind of, sort of.
0: <laughs> oh. okay, sweetheart. Mm-hmm. That's alright. Okay, cool. Okay. okay, awesome. Well, um, so interesting. So I'm gonna give a little uh, backstory into kind of how. Jordan came to the empire fold. So, Mm -hmm. you know, I'm just, uh, I mean, I'm going to take a little, I'm going to take a little credit for this one. I'm going to do it. (laughs) I'm scrolling around on Instagram and, (laughs) and I, I, you know, I'm always just like, I'm one of those people that's just like, you know, looking through boxing content. I'm like, shite, shite, shite. And then I see this girl and she's got this incredible, like, very like, she's tall and long and athletic and training like an animal and skilled. And I watched a few of your sparring videos mm-hmm. and I thought, damn, like this girl, one, she's, she's, you know, got some skills. So I was drawn in uh, for sure. And then, you know, two, I was like, man, like she spars like a pro. She doesn't spar like an amateur, you know, you don't have that quintessential amateur style that, you know, you see. And, so I'm kind of thinking, like, man, I wonder, I wonder if this girl's pro. <laughs> so, you know, I, I did enough little little digging that I, I determined that you weren't. And then typical Jay, I just slide right into your DMs yeah, yeah. and, and kind of got got the sense of it. So yeah, and, and your response was you kind of always wanted to. Yeah. So how cool is that? Could I
1: could I add on to that? Because that's actually funny because I um I only yes. post my sparring in my like close friends story list. And like, I added you last minute. Oh. I added you last minute because I'm like, oh, like she's part of Empire. I'm like, I'm going to like just sneak her in there. So I added you. You saw, and then uh-huh. right away you watched the story and then you DM'd me. I'm like, oh. so I'm going to take half the credit for that one too. <laughs> yeah. I love it. She
0: takes back half the perfect. But yeah, you definitely slid into the DM. Oh, I love it. Yeah. <laughs> Oh, I, yeah, I slid hard. I was like, I, yeah, awesome. Well, I, and we're, and then I right away, I sent your, um, I sent your account to Dan and, uh, mm-hmm. you know, like the team had not you know, you hadn't popped up on their radar yet. And I think within five minutes, Dan was like, yup. Like, you know, so, and then it was, uh, it was all, all systems go from there. Yep. So talk to me sort of about the feeling that you have uh, about making your pro debut. What does this feel like for you? Honestly, it hasn't really fully registered. Like, I think
1: I'm going to be more emotional about it once the fight actually happens and ends, but like, I'm excited mm. though. Like, regardless of that, like I'm excited, not no- not necessarily nervous, but I'm just more excited for the, the process getting there because uh, Coach is putting me mm. through nine weeks of hell is what he calls it and... I'm on day two and I don't know. I feel great, but it's like not easy work. Um, mm-hmm. I don't know. I'm just excited in general, but I'll be, yeah. Like I said, I'll be more yeah emotional and explain more of my deep internal feelings after it's over. So,
0: cause yeah, like mm-hmm. this is mm-hmm. no. Yeah, for mm-hmm. sure. I think, right. It's like business mode. Exactly.
1: Exactly. But I mean, down to the core of it, like, I've wanted to make my pro debut for years. Like this has been my main goal is to go pro. Like I never really wanted to stay much in the amateurs for a very long time. So, Mm -hmm.
0: so yeah. Mm -hmm. Now what, uh, what stopped you in the past from turning pro? Uh, Opportunities. I mean, I only technically Mm
1: -hmm. switched to boxing like right when COVID happened. So I've only been boxing, like strictly boxing for just over two years and pretty much I mm-hmm. wanted to go pro right when I decided to go or to switch to boxing, but COVID was on, so I couldn't really do anything from there. So that's what stopped me, really.
0: hmm mm-hmm.
1: Yeah. Got it. Yeah.
0: Now, when you were uh, fighting Muay Thai... Mm-hmm. Did you, did you find that you naturally wanted to lean a little bit more on your boxing skills or, you know, like did it w- did that click in your fighting where you're like, oh, I really like striking even more or, or not? Um, well, my
1: Muay Thai style was very heavily boxing-based. Like I always just liked punching more mm-hmm. and then kicking less. And I actually started boxing with uh, my right. coach Sterling to – Help my boxing for Muay Thai and then it just kind of the more I mm-hmm. did his classes the more I'm like oh I love boxing more but yeah so that was kind of a factor in mm-hmm. making me switch but yeah like no I've always had a heavier boxing style in Muay Thai than others so so that played a factor
0: yeah I was I was watching one of you one of your fights and uh I definitely noticed that your hands were the tool that you wanted to rely on more instinctively. Um, yeah. <laughs> and, and you have some, some beautiful angles where you, you slip in, you lead with a nice uppercut, you follow with your, you know, your right hand. Like I, I love that. Uh, yeah. I love some of that style and the angles you kind of chose to take in. And, and I think it's going to lend it itself so well to, to the mm-hmm. pro style. Like it's, you know, in that amateur style, we, we talk about a lot about this on the podcast. It's yeah. just like, in out bouncy bouncy in out volume 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 and it's um it's just a different it's a different beast and obviously as you progress through the amateurs and you get a little bit more high level you'll find you know some people putting on like you know the Philly shell and you'll see different styles and more um more like pro style bravado in the amateur but there's a lot of that mm-hmm. so I, I saw that style in you right away like you want to kind of sit in there you you're rangy but you don't mind sitting in the pocket and and banging it out either which is which is really cool. So we're really excited to watch you. Yeah. Watch you I mean, that's so if yeah. you haven't followed Jordan yet, please follow her. <laughs> I mean, coach is trying
1: to break out of, cause he says, sometimes I stay in the pocket a little too longer too. uh, uh, what, oh, mm-hmm. oh my gosh. Longer than when I, than what I need to. Um, but yeah, no, I love to sit in there and trade shots for sure. Um, uh, Crap, I was gonna say something yeah. completely for Oh no, the amateur style. Yeah, no, pretty much through my even mm. my Muay Thai career and boxing, I've never really had a amateur boxing style. I've always just naturally catered to the pro. And even like I watch a lot of boxing yeah. on YouTube and stuff, and I prefer the pro style a lot more. Like I've tried the amateur thing, and it's just not it's just not for mm-hmm. me at all. So yeah, naturally I just feel like I was always just kind of made to it's go. Freaking exhausting. It's, well, yeah. yeah well it's yeah and I like to like plant and land more power shots and I feel like you can't really there's no time for you to plant yeah. and land land power when you're bouncing around it in, in the amateur style like it's just kind of like pitter-patter points and then get out of there but I like like with pro it's more slow yeah. down and then you can really take your time and like calculate and set up specific shots and then you know time that right power shot Mm-hmm. when you need to and I just prefer that so much more
0: mm-hmm. yeah yeah and I noticed you have a really naughty liver shot that you like to throw as well so look forward to seeing that yeah you'll have to find out on November 12th what happens <laughs> <laughs> atta girl yeah. um, okay so I would love to I would love to hear about your uh, kind of origin story as a fighter mm-hmm. uh, heading into Muay Thai. Was there something you did before that? Kind of give us your, your background. Uh, sure. Um, so I've always had a
1: athletic background. Um, gym class, I excelled in gym and school. I did track and field. I did hockey. I did soccer. Um, so I was always athletic, I guess. And then out of high school, stopped the athletics didn't really do much after there. And then um, that's a long story, but pretty much I joined Muay Thai because I wanted to learn self-defense. You know, I was kind of in a situation mm-hmm. that really like put into perspective that if I ran into something or if something happened, I do not know how to properly defend myself. Mm-hmm. So I seeked out a Muay Thai gym and started training from there and became like literally just obsessed with it like I don't know it just like clicked and I'm like man I love this Mm -hmm. like this is just like amazing so Mm -hmm. training constantly like six yeah six days a week probably like I was very unhealthy obsessed with it but um so yeah I just kept progressing progressing training constantly and then my coach at the time he like under a year later he asked me he's like hey do you want to have a fight i'm like what i'm like okay maybe and so he got me a smoker fight and this is actually another funny story with that too so i was training muay thai and he was trying to get me Mm.
0: um uh, do you know what a smoker fight is we sure do, okay, but okay. for the audience members that might not know, A Smoker is an unsanctioned club show, Yeah, essentially.
1: Yeah, pretty much. It's a real fight, but yeah, it doesn't go on your record whatsoever. Um, so mm-hmm. he got me set up with a smoker fight, and then it's one where you know you show up to the gym, you weigh in, and they match you with whoever else showed up to weigh in. So no one showed mm-hmm. up that was a female to fight, except there was uh, this one girl that showed up to support her teammates. And she's like (laughs) from Toronto, wasn't planning on fighting. And then because she had like a busted knee or something. So her coach was like, okay, well, she'll fight, but it has to be uh, boxing only because she busted her knee and can't throw kicks. So technically my first fight was actually a boxing fight or Mm -hmm. a boxing smoker. So yeah. Uh Yeah. Which is kind of funny how that worked out. Um, So, yeah, I ended up fighting this girl who was from, like, the streets of Toronto that just came bull rushing at me. And, like, it was a real fight. (laughs) And, yeah, it was kind of funny. I remember, like, being in there and, like, she came and ran at me and just started throwing a bunch of shots. I'm like, holy crap. Like, this is, like, I've never been in a fight before. That was my very first experience with a fight. Like, sparring and fights are completely different like they are not the same whatsoever so yeah this is my first experience with a fight she came bull rushing throwing a bunch of punches I was like holy crap what do I do um but yeah other mm-hmm. I snapped out of it and started fighting back and then um ended up winning that smoker and then instantly I'm like yeah this is what I want to do like I love this it was pretty much like as soon as Mm. it's over and they like raise your hand that you won it was like a weird like you know when you have like I guess I haven't been addicted to anything but like pretty much like that drug addiction where it's like I need to feel that rush again and again and again like it was just so
0: yeah I was hooked Mm. instantly so and then oh that's awesome I love that now Jordan, I have a question for you. Sure. And and feel free to decline. Uh, But you mentioned there was a scenario that sort of started this for you. Are you comfortable telling us about that? Um, It's kind of –
1: yes and no. Like, it's just been such a long time ago that I don't really remember a whole lot of details. But it was pretty much just an ex-boyfriend who was very toxic. Mm. And there was – threats mm. of violence in the situation so nothing mm-hmm. happened but there was just the threat of that there so that's a situation where I realized okay if something escalated more than what it already has I'm pretty much screwed and don't mm-hmm. know how to defend myself so but that was a very mm-hmm. very long time yeah. ago and
0: and to be honest with you mm-hmm. Yeah. And, you know, thank you for sharing, for sharing that. And, you know, I think that, you know, I'm, I'm hoping not, but I'm guessing that there is other women and young, young women that might be in similar situations that might hear that and be inspired to go, Hey, you know, and details are necessary. Even like that, you know, that says it. And I I think people, there's going to be someone listening. That's like, okay, I understand. And possibly that inspires someone else to pick up the gloves, be it professional or just be it for, you know, self-defense. And I think that that's, uh, that's cool. Yeah. You know, that not, not everyone has that sort of a story that leads them there, mm-hmm. but um, what a brave thing for you to do okay. to not just kind of accept that you were going to be a victim is to kind of take the matters in your hands and, you know, and now, now look who you are. Your hands, your hands are your weapon, know. you know? So <laughs> yeah. that's, that's a, that's interesting. We pre- we appreciate you sharing Yeah, that. no, I, I hope it kind of. Yeah, absolutely. Oh. Now how. Oh, sorry. Yeah. You know, you, you never know. That's, I think the most beautiful thing about, uh about sharing experiences with, with people, you know, that you've never met is you never know how it impacts them. I think that's the coolest thing. Like if I, if I'm to be existential for a second, you know, obviously we have a boxing podcast. So that's like, if you don't like boxing, you're probably not listening to the podcast, but you know, you hope that someone's inspired by something because we ultimately humans, we share so much common experience and we don't sometimes forget that. We sometimes feel like we're islands unto ourselves, you know, and, and life's happening to us, but we're all very connected, and I hope yeah. that a lot of our athlete stories on the podcast are, are inspiring to people in one way or another, for sure. Yeah, so, no, that's absolutely now, right. tell us, uh, how did you get connected with your coach? Tell us about your team right now, your coach, and how that's evolved and developed. Who are you with? Uh, who's, who's in your corner these days? So my main head coach
1: is Coach Sterling, um, and then my like second coach or assistant coach is uh, my boyfriend, Mike. So I got connected with um, Coach because I mentioned I started boxing classes to kind of help my striking for Muay Thai. It was at the old Muay Thai gym mm. I was at. They made an announcement that they're getting a new boxing coach and his name was uh, Sterling Craig. So I was never involved in the boxing community, but I, had, I knew his name. Like his name is... He's like a boxing legend in the Edmonton community of boxing. And he was always like just connected Hmm. with this other boxing gym. So like, even if you weren't in boxing, you knew who Sterling Craig was. So they announced that he was going to start doing um, boxing classes or teaching boxing classes at our gym. So like, I was like super excited where I'm like, Oh my God, like I know who he is. So Right then and there, I decided, okay, I'm Mm going to start doing classes. I'm going to start learning from Sterling and help with my Muay Thai. So, yeah, I started. He started one day, and then I went to his first class. And, like, uh, I'm trying to, like, explain this in words that make sense. But, so, like, (laughs) um, (laughs) I don't know. Or... Because I'm, like, I can't... <laughs> Hopefully. <laughs> Hopefully. So, like, every... <laughs> okay, so every um, student doesn't, like, attach to each coach the same. Like, it's always... Like, mm-hmm. some coaches are great for some people, and they don't work for other people. Whereas Sterling's a very, like, he's not... Um, He's not a yes man and he's, I want to use the term hard ass. He's a hard ass with it. And I cater to that kind of coaching where you feel like you have to work so hard in order to impress your coach and to get respect from your coach. And that's who Sterling is. And that's the kind of coaching that like works for me. Whereas you're like an authority figure and I have to work really hard in order to get your respect. Um, So that's who coach Sterling was. Mm. And so the first class I did, I worked my ass off because I'm like, I'm trying to impress him number one, because he's Sterling Craig and right away, like he noticed me out of, I think there was a class of like 30, 35 people. And right away he like zeroed in on me and I'm like, Oh my God, this is so great. And like, so I just kept doing his classes Mm -hmm. and he would always, because I was always trying so hard and really trying to like get the techniques right and listen to every single thing that he's saying, he was always willing to come and help me. And um, so then he started bringing in like these national and provincial champion boxers for me to spar. And I was still a Muay Thai person. And so he kind of saw like a, a certain potential in me that I didn't really see yet. And so he's like, Jordan, he's like, Mm -hmm. if you want to, you could be really good at boxing. Like he like told me that, but I'm like, Oh, but I'm doing Muay Thai. Like, I don't know. And he's like, he's like, just come to Saturday sparring. I'll have, you know, so-and-so there. And she's a national champion or national silver medalist or whatever she was. And so I sparred with her, and it was amazing. Like, I did really good sparring with her. He brought mm-hmm. in another provincial champ. I sparred with her, and it was great. And he's like, see? He's like, you haven't even focused on boxing, but you're, like, outboxing these boxers, and you're a Muay Thai fighter. And they're like, oh, okay. So, like, I was still kind of like, oh, I don't know if I can do it. So he kind of, like, planted the seed about boxing. And then... Yeah, so COVID happened and you know there's certain things I still want to do in Muay Thai but I just didn't have the time because COVID shut everything down. So COVID happened and mm-hmm. Sterling was the only one calling me and asking, "Oh, are you still working? Are you still getting work in?" and just telling me, "Okay, work on this." Like I had I took like three old tires and I bolted them together and like hung them up on this engine rack and i was just hitting tires during covid so he'd always call me and be like okay what are you working on today work on this do this and then or um mike would call me and be like hey let's go hit pads in the park like so it was sterling and mike where that's pretty much how we became a thing is during covid we would just train in a basement um and that grew our team from there. It's just literally training in basements. Um, Mike was my pad holder most of the time, and he was um, he was a Muay Thai fighter as well. He trained with me at the other gym, so it was just me and him, two Muay Thai fighters trying to do boxing in a basement during COVID. <laughs> like, that was it.
0: And then yeah. Mm-hmm. Now were you guys a couple? At, is, is Mike Mike is mm-hmm. your boyfriend? Yeah yeah and were you Um, did you guys we trained together for through the COVID basement training session
1: (laughs) no it was before that yeah we started dating before COVID happened um (laughs) I know yeah yeah so we were
0: together for not long I was like wow what one good thing came out of that
1: (laughs) no I mean it was like a few months before COVID (laughs) happened that we we started dating but like we train Muay Thai together for years beforehand. So we were just always like friends and then, you know, you end up okay. become best friends and then stuff happens from there. So,
0: yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. There's nothing like the sweet romance of a one, two. Let me tell you. Oh, I love it. Okay. Love <laughs> we're sparring it. with so each other. What a, what a brilliant. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. There's nothing like a, you know, a bloody nose to <laughs> bring someone closer together. I love that. Oh, yeah. um, now, I I love this story. Mm -hmm. This story just to me is like just riddled with persistence. Just absolutely like the whole time it just, you were focused on something and it didn't matter kind of what obstacle was thrown at you. Mm -hmm. It seems like you were like, yeah, I'll bolt some tires together. Like I'm not about to give up. I don't know. And and I, and I love that. I love that story. If you, so so do you have, do you have a a daylight you know, if boxing was your moonlight, like do you have a side hustle? What other things occupy your time? Um,
1: I literally only box and then I'm also a boxing coach and that's my side yes. hustles make is coaching. Yes. So I'm in the gym all day, Attagirl. every day and that's it. Yeah. I used to, um, Brilliant. I used to do trades. I worked trades for like eight years before. And then of course COVID is what did all that stuff. But so, mm. or shut that down, I guess.
0: Awesome, mm-hmm. right, right. But it sounds like you're you're on the right path now, anyways. Oh yeah,
1: yeah. No, I'm I'm in a very good place
0: right now. Well, brilliant. Yeah. I love that. Now, um, do you think your time? So you've had how many how many Muay Thai fights have you had? Like what 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 fights are you at total here? I've had twelve Muay Thai fights and. One,
1: two, four, four boxing fights and one exhibition boxing fight. So that would be 17, Wow, 17 so, total.
0: Awesome. Mm-hmm. Now, do you find, uh, are you thinking about this next fight as it, uh, you know, just another fight or do you put it on sort of a different level? Like, do you feel that you're prepared for the the stage and the lights and, you know, everything that comes with that? um
1: yeah no we're treating this as the most important fight of my career like it's good to have the experience from the other ones to help with this but like right now this is a very important fight for me and like we're not taking it lightly this is I'm not even thinking about the stage or the lights or anything I'm just in complete training mode focusing on what I have to do and recovery training everything in order to perform my absolute best on there so this is like a very very important fight for me so very serious about this one more awesome serious um yeah like the other amateur fights where I wasn't so much getting myself too immersed in the seriousness of it I was just trying to like be more relaxed and be like okay it's Mm -hmm. just a glorified sparring day where it's the same as sparring only you just have an audience Mm -hmm. whereas this is completely different so Mm -hmm. so just getting more Mm -hmm. focused for that
0: now you amazing Mm -hmm. now you um self-proclaimed introvert i thought that was so funny (laughs) so jordan makes this really funny uh story post that it's Mm -hmm. it's rocky it's like a rocky montage in his sweatsuit and you know she said something really cute about like an introvert getting ready (laughs) to come on the empire boxing podcast so adorable so I love that so much. Mm. So as as someone who who would describe themselves as a, as an introvert, like does this the sort of the media hype stage level about this does that intimidate you at all?
1: No, not really. Like cuz for me, like I am an introvert obviously. Like if I go to a big social event, I'm not going out there and socializing with everyone, but as far as like when it comes to boxing um I love this sport I love everything about it and the lights and everything doesn't really intimidate me right now because I'm just so confident in my skills in boxing so like anything to do with boxing like Mm. just doesn't deter me away from any of the media that comes with it
0: if that makes sense yeah absolutely no I oh. think that's a, a, a brilliant response it's just like when mm-hmm. it comes to boxing it just kicks down all of the you know inhibitions that yeah so, so our, our inner self can kind of start to create these narratives around I think that's absolutely wicked mm-hmm. Jordan I mean like everything you're saying it just to me says like you're you're on your path like this this is what you were meant to do
1: it's what it feels like I and mean, I know like so many people say the same thing like oh I I feel like I'm meant for this. I'm born for this. But like, I legit feel like I've found like my calling in a way. Like it's just everything that's happened to me in life. It just feels like this is the right way to go, you know?
0: So. Mm. Mm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. I think I think there's a little piece in all of us that can kind of relate to that. And it's funny how life really shows you when you're not on your path, you know? Yeah. And it's just like, how long are you going to ignore the signs before things start crumbling around you? So oh, that's exactly. Uh, I, and I, it's funny. I think COVID. Right. I think COVID did an interesting job of kind of sh- like showing a spotlight on areas of our lives where we wanted to have illuminated mm-hmm. and then the areas of our lives were like, please don't turn the lights on in that room, you know? And and, uh, so as long as it comes out for the best, right?
1: It it pretty much like it forced people to like face things that they were probably like putting on the back burner for a while. So, and it really filtered out a lot of people that Mm -hmm. probably said they wanted to compete and take a sport seriously. It really filtered out a lot of those people. Cause a lot of people didn't stick around for the two years during COVID mm-hmm. they went and did something else whereas like I just stuck to it because I'm like
0: mm-hmm.
1: I'm not letting this deter me away from it but but a lot of people didn't stick with it
0: so mm-hmm. 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 yeah yeah I think you're very right Now, I wanted to ask you about your experience as, um, I think you, I think I noticed when I was kind of researching you, you've been on a podcast in the past and you were talking maybe about your experience as a female athlete in a, you know, it's such a hot topic and I hate being like, you know, a male dominated sport or whatever. So my question, I'm going to phrase my question a little different because I don't love spinning the narrative that way i wanted to just ask you if there was any real hurdles or battles that you faced as a female in combat sport
1: um there's been quite a few to be honest um i listened to the podcast with jamie ward that you um that was just last week and a lot of the things that she said were very Mm -hmm. similar to my experiences so like i was listening to it and i'm like oh that like You know, it just resonated with me. Um, More so in Mm -hmm. the beginning, when I first started, um, it was not very common for women to be, like, on the big screen, world stage, competing. Um, And even in the gym, like, there was barely any woman in the gym. Um, So for me, what I felt like is when... I first started is I had to work like pretty much like I had to work 10 times harder than anyone else in the gym in order to like stay there. Right. Like I was pretty much in order to stay in the Mm -hmm. advanced Muay Thai class, I had to make sure I was the hardest worker in the room in order to be allowed to stay in that class. Cause if I slacked off a bit, I literally had my coach tell me that he would kick me out of the class and send me back to like the intermediate or beginners. (laughs) Like, um, so that was at the beginning of my career. And then I guess more so recently is, um, I just find there's not many, there wasn't really any opportunities here in, at least in Alberta for me as an amateur female athlete. And so the biggest struggle that I had to deal with recently is, like, I always made it very well known that I'm not doing boxing for a hobby. Like, I'm doing this for, for real. Like, I'm a legitimate athlete and I want to pursue this sport and take it seriously. Like, I've never it's never been just a hobby and just for fun for me. And I made that very clear to Mm -hmm. pretty much everyone. And I made it very public that that's how I felt. And I just feel like still no one was like listening and I never got any opportunities um, as much as I feel like the men around here have gotten for, you know, either they're just doing it for fun or they say, Oh, I want to be an Olympian and I just feel like they were just hand fed opportunities where I didn't really see any. And I was very disappointed at that because, you know, like I'm, I'm legit. I'm here, Mm -hmm. but they just never had them out there. Mm -hmm. So I guess that's the biggest struggle is just being Mm -hmm. taken seriously. Like I'm, I'm not just saying this to say it, like I'm actually like want to do this sport and it just to get people to Like Mm -hmm. just respect that is just so hard to do.
0: Yeah. Mm. Yeah. I think, um, yeah, I think a lot of, I thought, I think a lot of women in the sport would probably relate to that idea of just, I think I love what you said, not taken seriously. Um, You know, and I, I can, I can count moments in even my coaching career where it was the worst when I was young. Yeah and a girl. Yeah. Cause when you're young and a girl and you have, you know, a certain level of experience behind you and granted not a ton I hadn't been in the industry for 10 years mm-hmm. or something, I wasn't salty. Like I am now, mm-hmm. you know, you're pretty green. yeah. And then you have this, you know, maybe like a older, older, more like successful, like middle-aged guy or something that you're supposed to be coaching. And they're looking at you, like, what could you possibly teach me? Exactly. You know? And it was like, you're just a young chick. And I, I definitely that idea of, you know, take me seriously. I, I definitely can, can relate to that. Even, even as a, as, from a coaching perspective, mm-hmm. you know, my journey through amateur was, it was fun. Like I, I, just wanted to do it for fun. I never wanted to like, yeah. a, well, I, I, waffled, but I ultimately don't want to, didn't really want a career in boxing. But
1: mm-hmm.
0: you know, I, I remember that in coaching very much. It was like, you had to be so good and so precise and not make mistakes to be taken at the same level, um, as your male, you know, colleagues. Exactly. But having said that the, the, the men that were around, around you on your team and your coaches, um, maybe not that particular coach. Did you find that once people got a, a sense of, of who you were and saw you work all of a sudden the tune changed? Did you find that?
1: Oh yeah. Oh, I'm, I must say like, when I said that that coach like threatened to put me down a class, like that wasn't like, I'm not putting him down in any way. Like he's, I have so much respect for him. I -hmm. actually talked to him very recently about like, I ran into him and we had a conversation about that particular situation. And at the time, like, like I said, I I like these coaches Mm -hmm. that are like terrifying where I'm like almost scared of them. And I have to work hard to get their respect. He, he was Mm -hmm. one of those. Um, but so anyways, I talked to him very recently and about that particular instance where, you know, he was very hard on me and he always relayed that I had to work hard to maintain there. And so when I ran into him, he was like, but I did that to to help you because, you know, he's been in the sport for a very long time. So he knows that he hasn't seen very many women around. So he knows how hard and how harsh mm-hmm. it can be to be a woman and, He kind of set me up for Hmm. success by telling me that, you know, like, so it wasn't really, I don't take that as a negative, the way he Hmm. was threatening in a way or not threatening, but like, um, yeah, it's not, it wasn't a a negative. Yeah. So he, he pretty much set me up for success where he was a great coach Hmm. in relaying that to me and pretty much making sure that I knew because I'm a woman how the industry is. And I do have to work hard. Like, even though I can't play the Mm. victim role and be like, Oh, I should be treated as an equal in the sport. He's like, it's just not how it is right now. So you have to work hard. And so that just helped my career elevate from there, I think. But, um, I forget what the first part of that question was. Um,
0: Oh yeah, they, you know once some of your, you know, your male training partners oh, yeah. and colleagues and other coaches started to see you, the tune probably changed real quick and they're like, "Oh, no no no, we're we're on we're we're on this ride with you."
1: Oh yeah. Yeah, no, the ones that I trained with on a regular basis, they they knew that, you know, after 3 4 years I was still training there. They're like, "Oh, I don't think she's going anywhere." So but like it still took <laughs> a lot longer. Like it was a few years before mm-hmm. like it registered and they're like, Oh, okay. She's part of the, she's part of the team and she's not mm-hmm. going to go anywhere anytime soon. So, but for like recent, mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. it's pretty much the guys that like first meet me or first like come to spa, and They're like, Oh, do you want to go spar with Jordan? And it's just like, Oh, she's a girl. <laughs> like, and then they, finally get my respect after the sparring round they're like oh okay like you're really good like I'm like well no shit like I'm here yeah but um yeah 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 (laughs) Yeah. so that's always I have to go through that on literally a daily basis like if no one's met me before like I just have to re-go through it all like oh okay I just have Mm. to like hit them really hard in sparring and show them that I'm good to get their respect like yeah whereas I personally feel like if yeah. you're yeah. a guy, you don't have to show your skills. It's like automatic. Oh, you're a guy. You do boxing. Yeah. Fist bump. So that's just how I feel.
0: But. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah. That's, that's definitely a very valid perspective. Mm-hmm. Um, no, Jordan. What do, what does your family think about, you know, you in combat sports? Are they, did they always see this for you? Or are they behind you with it? How does that work? Um, you know, to be honest,
1: my family and I don't really openly communicate about me competing. Like, they're aware of it and they know that I do it. But, like, we don't really have conversations about it. Um, I talk to my mom sometimes about it. Like, hey, mom, I got a fight coming up. She's like, oh, okay, cool. Um, she won't come watch it live. She'll um, wait for me to message her after. And then she's like, oh, can you send me the video? But, like, she won't come watch it live. And then my dad doesn't really ask any questions. They don't know how training is. Like, we just don't discuss it at all. So Hmm. I think um, Hmm. they're still in the thinking that it's just a phase and eventually I'll just do something else. (laughs) So, Ah Okay.
0: Now, I mean, if I get too personal, Mm -hmm. like, please tell me to beat it. But uh, (laughs) was dad uh, also a pretty hard ass work hard to get his you know respect type figure in your life oh yeah oh yeah
1: yeah no he's definitely that's why I like those kind of coaches because that's what I grew up on I was gonna say Mm -hmm.
0: yeah I was gonna say it's funny I I was listening to you say that I'm like man I can relate like I you know my dad uh had when it came to sports, you know, like real standards and nothing was ever good enough <laughs> yeah. kind of thing. And that I would find myself gravitating to coaches like that until I was maybe in my like late twenties. Mm-hmm. And then it was like, I kind of, as long as I had a really, I, I preferred more like playful, but also like you know, high level, high effort relationships yeah. with coaches, but I enjoyed, like, camaraderie and playfulness. And But when I was younger, you know, it was definitely something. So I thought, I wonder, wonder if dad's that type of guy. Oh, it's exactly it.
1: I remember, because <laughs> I told you I used to um, play hockey, and uh, my dad was a great hockey mm-hmm. player. Like, he was phenomenal. And then, um, so I just played in, like, a minor hockey league, but I remember my dad would come watch our games. And, like, I was – I was good at hockey. I wasn't, like, great. Like, I wasn't going to play for the NHL, obviously, or anything. But um, he would come mm. to the hockey games. My mom would sit on the bleachers with all the other parents. And my dad would stand in the top corner like this, <laughs> watching everything. And I'd, like, you know, get goals, get assists. And I'd be, like, oh, yes, I had a great game. I'd get in the vehicle. And my dad's, like, he played, like, shit. That wasn't good enough, blah, blah, blah. And I'm, like, oh. <laughs> Like, like I thought it did yeah. good. So I'm like, okay, that wasn't good enough. Try yeah. again harder next time. Like, so yeah, it was always like, so that's not good enough. You got to do better, better, better.
0: And you carried that sort of mentality yourself. Now you're your toughest critic, I'm guessing. Yes.
1: Yeah. This feels like a psychology uh, interview or whatever. Oh, <laughs> but I, it's true. It's I true. I'm
0: getting to, act, you know, it's like, Okay right? Like yeah. we can chat shit about freaking jabs, but it's like, you know, I think, I think you represent, if I'm going to get, you know, deep here, like you represent something really special for us on our next fight. And it, it, you know, in your own life, the parallel of that is something it represents something very special as well. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, so it's, it's like, yeah, we're going to see your talent. We're going to see your skill. We're going to see your work ethic but who is Jordan as a person? And as your career unfolds, like yeah. that's an element of of this is people are going to want to come and support and continue to, to, to follow your career and the story and, and what you represent. and And, you know, not everything has to be a parallel to like, women and you know like it, it doesn't have to be that but it is Yeah, it kind of is and it doesn't have to be super loud and super overt or whatever Whatever statement you want to make as an athlete mm-hmm. but what you represent is important and I think you know like no matter what way you slice it so for me like I'd love to get to know Jordan the person because Jordan the athlete is, is she's already here she's right here and that, uh, you know she's going to be she's going to be doing great things so it, it's nice to know mm-hmm. who you are along with that you know and I think that that's yeah. part of the journey as well and like I said what it what it represents is is, is very special
1: well that's great I appreciate that a lot because that's
0: yeah I'm I'm hoping I'm hoping so I'm hoping so is now is mom and dad going to come to the show mom's not coming is mom going to be in the hotel room or is mom staying back in Edmonton
1: uh no they're staying in Edmonton we don't know yeah yeah, no, I don't.
0: As uh, of right okay. now,
1: they're not They're do, not coming. Do you want me to
0: call them up and give them shit? <laughs> no, please don't. So I, I shouldn't call them up and give them no, shit? No, oh, no. Okay, okay. I'll, uh, <laughs> I'll give them hey, the pay-per-view stream. You don't know me. Um, yeah, I'll
1: give them the pay-per-view stream and make them watch okay, it. Okay, all right. So, no, I'm thinking like okay. once... Um... No. Oh, sorry, go ahead. Oh.
0: <laughs> oh, I was just going to say, I, I was going to ask you what your sort of greatest boxing influence influences were. Are they past boxers, current boxers, kind of what athletes do you look up to and and, and watch technically or just for their story? Um, I watch quite a few,
1: like I pretty much do a thing where like I watch one fighter like every couple weeks or once a month I like just watch their training videos their sparring videos their fights and I like study their style um but my all-time favorites would be Terrence Crawford um he's number one um Mm. yeah he's probably my all-time favorite and anyway so those are the two that I look towards the most and I study them like crazy um i like terrence Crawford's style because he's very like he's very smart he has a very high iq and he really like knows how to break his opponents down find their openings and like expose them and then once he finds the openings he like goes in for the kill every single time and anyway is just a monster (laughs) like he's just i (laughs) i love his style where he's just like I'm just going to hit you and it's going to fucking hurt. And then like, I don't know. I just, so those two, Mm -hmm. those two, I absolutely love. And I try to obviously like, I'm not at that level yet, but those are the ones where I want to pretty much develop my style into theirs. So
0: yeah. Awesome. Awesome. I love that. Tell us a little bit about what your camp is looking like. You know, I think you have nine weeks of hell, mm-hmm. it was described as. Yes. So what kind of phase in that hell are you uh, are you in currently? I'm at the,
1: I don't really know what, if he hasn't broken into phases. Um, I'm just at the start where it's, we're just literally just amped up the volume of training. So I'm now just doing... Mm more bag rounds more pad rounds a lot more like cardio and strength and a lot more like consecutive sparring whereas like before i was more kind of i was still sparring but i was like chill like i do one two rounds here and there and now it's like we're gonna do like five in a row Mm -hmm. six seven in a row so kind of like a shark tank style sparring So it's just getting just more and more reps in of the same stuff and just higher intensity. Mm -hmm.
0: Yeah. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. What do you like to listen to in the gym when you're training? (laughs) It depends on my mood, but
1: I find I do really well when I listen to like Limp Bizkit or Lincoln Park or like some old school Eminem or old school Tupac, like them. And Nice. Yeah. Wicked. Yeah. So. I love
0: mm-hmm. it. Now, and what, um, what's your favorite boxing movie, Jordan? <laughs> I don't really have one, to be honest. Okay, well, Million
1: Dollar Baby, I'll just say that. But I've only seen that once in my life. Um, right. Um, yeah, because I literally watched Rocky for the first time like two years ago so like <laughs> I don't know I don't really watch boxing movies but yeah
0: probably because most of them are shite but yeah it's a popular question on this I, podcast I well I just have a hard time
1: watching like the they're, but, all pretty, they're bad. pretty bad like the cor- the fight choreography is like that's bad. that's bad like I can't watch it Thank like, you. I can't watch it <laughs> yeah Thank you.
0: yeah yeah. It's like, we, it's like, I'm, I'm watching this. I'm like, I can't get this time back. You know, it's gone. No. it gone forever. No. So, okay. That's, that's pretty funny. So I, I'm with you. Jordan, <laughs> I, I'm with you I, on that. So maybe one yeah. day we'll all produce an actual really good boxing movie where, and we'll cast
1: real boxers. And where the technique and the shots actually look more realistic. I appreciate the storyline. Um, but yeah, it just needs to do
0: the fight scenes a lot better than what they have. Yes, yes, I would completely mm-hmm. agree with you on that one. I would completely agree. Jordan, what does what does um, sort of like your what does success look like for you? If you could paint the picture of your career where you could sit back in recline in a recliner somewhere and be like, "I made it," what does that look like for you? Knowing that.
1: I did the absolute best that I could, that I was physically capable of. Like I want to end my career knowing that there's like zero regrets and pretty much that I proved to myself that I could be great at something like that's it. Um, Mm. Yeah. Just trying my absolute hardest and then just, yeah. Yeah making it as far as I can go so that would be success I know nice I love that yeah like I know some people will say um, you know world titles and being undisputed and like obviously that's a goal of mine but you know it's just knowing that I did the absolute best sometimes that might not be my absolute best but that's what I'm aiming towards that kind of comes with the territory in doing my absolute best so
0: yeah that's awesome Mm -hmm. have you thought about if your career ever kind of took you to a place where you have maybe had to move to the states or relocate to pursue boxing is that something you've thought about would you be open to doing that
1: I've thought about it yeah and if it came to that point where I absolutely had to move to a place with better opportunities or better training then I, I would have to do it. So I've thought about it. Um, As of Mm -hmm. right now, we're hoping to be able to remain where we are and get to that and be at a good position to maintain where I am, but I'm open to moving. If that is my absolute Mm. have to have to do that, then I will.
0: Right. Right. Well, it's, you know, it's our goal as well as, you know, Empire Boxing Promotions mm-hmm. to ensure that there's opportunities for athletes within the, you know, within the country of Canada. Yeah. Because right now, you know, it's it's a small pool and, of people and, you know, opportunities at this point are, they're not, it's not the same as it is in, in America or Mexico even. And so, you know, we're hoping to be able to really set, a stage for consistent opportunities for athletes building their careers in boxing and, and therefore change the face of what Canadian boxing can look like and where it can go. And, you know, that might, it might never be at the the level of America, but, Mm -hmm. you know, like it it kind of to what you were saying is like, we, we did our absolute best and, and gave, you know, young athletes like yourself and 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 others and some of these amateurs looking at the pro scene going, ah, should I turn pro or should I go to the Olympics? Like Mm -hmm. giving them a no brainer decision as to what has a more prolific opportunity for them in in boxing. Yeah. Well, did you ever have the Olympic dream, Jordan? No, I never,
1: ever wanted to go to the Olympics. It was never something I dreamed of. And I know some people probably think I'm crazy for thinking that, Mm. but I have no interest in the Olympics. But, I mean, boxing just got cancelled out of the the Olympics anyways. So, they're, they're like, no longer doing it in the Olympics. So, like, I I don't know how that's going to change a boxing game now. Because I know so many kids and, you know, people whose dreams were to do the Olympics. Like, that's their whole soul purpose of doing boxing is they wanted to be in the olympics and now that opportunity has been taken away i'm not sure how boxing is going to look in the next couple of years is the amateur scene even going to be that big in mm-hmm. canada or is everyone just going to go straight to the pros like i i don't know how that's going to look so mm-hmm. but mm-hmm. but yeah yeah mm-hmm.
0: That was a question that we, you know, we asked ourselves too, mm-hmm. like, how is that going to impact? Cause it is actually more common in Canada to have that Olympic dream than a pro pro dream. Yeah. So, you know, a lot of people are very disappointed and I have to say that, you know, it was over kind of corruption in the commission and that kind of stuff. I'm like, sorry, name an Olympic sport that doesn't have corruption in the commission. No one's canceling gymnastics.
1: That's I find that's worse. There's so much worse stuff going on in the gymnastics than Right. Like, yeah, no, that's I don't know. But I mean, uh so what was I gonna say? Um well that too, maybe if also these kids that had the Olympic dream would now potentially more steer towards the pros if there is more opportunities in Canada for the pros. Because like you said, there wasn't in Canada, it's pretty much out east. That's where, if you live out in Montreal, Ontario, mm-hmm. you're probably going to make it as a pro boxer. But like anything from like Manitoba and west, there's like nothing, right? So like, mm-hmm. I don't know. Maybe if mm-hmm. maybe they would more go towards the pros and Empire Boxing if it's open.
0: So <laughs> yeah. yeah, that's what we're hoping mm-hmm. for. Uh, So Jordan, just kind of a a closing, you know, question for you. If you had, you know, three pieces of advice from your experience that you could give young athletes, doesn't even have to be young female athletes, just a young athlete in general, that's coming up, you know, dealing with what they're dealing with, you know, our, your story and and my story as well, for many ways was, you know, COVID was a huge hurdle. They're going to face their own hurdles along the way. So any advice for these athletes as they come up against things that challenge their dreams? If... You're not, uh, I always look at challenges
1: as an opportunity to test myself. So if you're not feeling challenged or uh, what's the word, if you're not feeling challenged in your sport or whatever it is you're doing, um, I don't think you're in the right sport because anything, anything worth doing is gonna be hard. Like it's never gonna be easy. But the only way you're gonna grow is to be able to work through those challenges and keep and uh, I always get like unsane big words. Um the only way you're gonna grow is by okay. working through those challenges and and just progressing forward through it. That's how you get stronger. That's how you learn more about yourself is getting through that hurdle and getting to the other side. And you're going to keep facing these challenges. Mm-hmm. Like no matter if, you know, you overcome one and just don't get frustrated when you face another one. Right? Like just keep in mind that if it's hard, if it challenges you, you're on the right path. Like, that's it. You know, Mm I I probably mix like a whole bunch in one, but hopefully that makes sense.
0: (laughs) No, it's perfect. I think if, you know, for, if I could summarize, Mm -hmm. it's like, you know, life is never, we get caught up on the one big problem in front of us and we forget that we've actually already faced a ton of them Yep, and there's going to be a ton to come. Mm -hmm. So brick walls are going to keep coming at you. So you either, you know, keep having a tantrum every time you see one or changing your plans completely and abandoning things you love, or you get really good at unpinning a grenade and blowing through those walls. Like, you know, so that that's kind of what I'm hearing is you, you know, you just, you just have to keep plowing through those walls and build resiliency.
1: Yeah. And not, and not giving up on that. Like um, you said, if you keep hitting a brick wall and then you decide Mm -hmm. to go a different way you're just going to keep hitting brick walls. You're never going to learn how to go over that. And as soon as you learn how to go over that, Mm -hmm. every other challenge gets easier and easier, but you have to learn how to like crash through the brick wall first. But if you just hit the brick wall and give up, like you're just not going to progress whatsoever in anything in life, not just that sport, but like Mm -hmm. anything. So you're, you're, life situations, your, mm-hmm. your relationship, your career, anything in life is you're just naturally just going to give up on everything. So.
0: Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. Wise, wise words for sure. Uh, Jordan, it was an absolute pleasure. Thanks for taking time out of your, your recovery time yeah. to chat with us and we're just so grateful for the opportunity to get to know you and then also to have you on the show this November and to just make that pro debut such a splash. We we're very we're very grateful to be in your corner and we're very excited for what you can do in boxing. You know, I
1: I appreciate the opportunity. Really it it means a lot more than I can put into words.
0: So that's no, yeah. all good. Well we'll have to have you on the show again after your pro debut. Yeah. We'll maybe like break it down, have a chat about how it went and you can explain that or you can kind of talk to us about the the feeling of of how that was for you. Yeah, absolutely. I'd love to. Thanks so much for tuning into the empire boxing podcast. This is our episode with Jordan Doby. Stay tuned for more action from this one, November 12th on the takeover. Join us next time. Back the empire boxing podcast. I'm your host coach. Jay.
1: Make sure to listen, follow, and subscribe to empire boxing on Apple, Spotify, and YouTube.